0: To episode number thirty-three of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you create a happy home and refine your apartment lifestyle. Today um, we have a very special guest um, and my co-host Sally Hart, who you might have heard before in some of the other episodes. Um, talk to a fellow member of the Australian Association of Professional Organisers. Uh, Laurel Gray. Laurel is a specialist in organizing your digital life, your office, your paperwork. And um, yeah, it's a great interview um, that Sally um, did with her. And I have to apologize for some uh, noise and background uh, disruptions, but hopefully um, you get the content and you um, find it valuable. So please enjoy the interview with Laurel Gray. Hello, I'm here today with
1: Laurel Gray from Happily Organized. Laurel is a, a fellow expert professional organizer from the Australasian Association of Professional Organizers. And Laurel specializes in helping people get their business organized. I've used Laurel's services myself and found her to be um, an absolute whiz at simplifying all the processes in the office. So I thought that this might translate very well to people who are downsizing because not only has Laurel, um, you know, become an expert on simplifying offices, but she considers herself to be a professional hobo. So she says (laughs) that she can pick up her life and move out in about an hour and have everything she needs, so... That's a pretty good downsizing story, I think. Welcome, Laurel.
2: Hello.
1: <laughs> How are you today?
2: I'm good. <laughs> okay. Hoping that the sound is nice. We're outside at the moment.
1: Yeah, we are. We can, mm-hmm. um, yes, we're trying to get around, around the um, bird noises and any other noises at the moment. <laughs> so would you like to give us a little bit of background on um, what your hobo status and um, the philosophy of that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. Yeah, I've moved around a lot for the past decade. So when I finished university in the US, um, I just kind of thought, yeah, I'm not really ready to settle down and get a full-time job. So I left and I went over to Thailand and I was teaching English for a little over a year on Phuket and then ended up getting a job in Singapore and moving there. Mm -hmm. and after several years I think about seven years I ended up relocating here to Sydney. Mm -hmm. So and a little bit of time before that I was in Europe while I was in university and I never kind of stayed in one place. So yeah I haven't been back to the States since then. I mean I have been back to visit but pretty much have been living the hobo life.
1: And while you've been doing that you've had a full life you've had a business in Singapore and you've brought your business here to Australia. Mm so let's, let's hear a little bit about that and how you managed to keep your life so simplified that you can, you can do that. Mm.
2: I guess it's important to mention that it wasn't always like that and there was definitely a time at maybe like a year and a half or two years into living in Singapore where I kind of looked around my apartment and I just remember having stacks and stacks and stacks of paper at that time and yeah. just feeling like things were out of control. like. Under my bed, I had tons of storage, and I just somehow in that short time, like I'd moved from Thailand with very little stuff to Singapore, and then I, looking around my apartment, I had tons of stuff that had just accumulated. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very transient place anyways for foreigners or for expats, and so i just kind of taken on a lot of things that from friends that had moved overseas, you know, just to take that couch, take that bookshelf, can you take my books for me, that extra cooking stuff. And before I knew it, my apartment was completely full. Like, I had a whole life full of stuff.
1: So had you accumulated other people's things as a favor or because you were really genuinely using them?
2: I think it probably was half-half, probably as a favor to people who were leaving. Because what happens in Singapore with stuff is that you actually have to pay to take it to the tip. So it's not like in Australia where you can leave things out on the street and your council will come and collect it. You actually have to pay because there's such limited land space. Yeah. So when people go overseas, the first thing is they want to do their best to get rid of stuff and actually either... Most people will just give it away. Yeah. So I hadn't been there that long and I basically built my entire apartment out on free stuff for yeah. Friends.
1: Yeah.
2: Um So some of it I needed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you did... Um, start your happily organized business over there Um, and um, why don't you tell us a little bit about I I think something that I've really enjoyed um, learning from you is how to you know reduce the clutter in your office by using technology and you know give us a bit of an idea of some of those apps that you talk about that are wonderful from the point of view of not only um, physical clutter but reducing the clutter on the computer like the one that you introduced me to recently the Unwrap or unroll?
2: <laughs> unroll. <laughs> unroll me. <laughs> yeah, unroll me. Unroll dot me. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess it was sort of around that time when I realized I'd accumulated a lot of stuff in Singapore. Was, that was when I got the idea to start a business. And at that time, I wasn't really sure. I always had been really attracted to the idea of organizing and this word It always just got to me. Even in school, when I was in university, I applied for an organizational behavior degree and specialization because I was just so attracted to that word organized. Of course, organizational behavior is like more HR and interrelational skills and all of that. Well, leadership development. But I just always liked that word organized. Um, So, yeah, around that time that I started taking a look at the physical stuff, that was when I started going, okay, I probably need to get my digital stuff in order as well. And that actually sort of spun out into the business that I have now. So it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I guess in terms of technology, for me, at that time, it made me realize I needed to have a central crux and one place to put things. And that was when I started getting really disciplined about just keeping everything in one spot. Um, So, like, definitely for your personal stuff, so important to have a Gmail account, a free email account, that's going to give you file storage, that's going to give you calendaring, that's going to give you email storage, a place to store your contacts, something that's going to sync with your phone, sync with all your devices, um, is super, super important so that all of your documents and all that important information can be stored in one spot. And then like for me, I make sure that my main email address, that password, is given to my family overseas. Because in case anything happens, like somebody needs to be able to take over and access all that information.
1: Hmm. Okay, so you say that we should have a Gmail account, which I do have because yeah. you've already set me up with that, <laughs> um, but it, is there an alternative to that or is Gmail the only way to go on that?
2: Um, if you're looking for free and you're looking for just the amount of storage that they give you, I think at the moment it's like five gigabytes of file storage and email storage, mm-hmm. um, then Gmail's a great option, but you mm-hmm. could obviously use a Hotmail or okay. Yahoo address as well.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I guess for people that are looking at this from the point of view of a home office and downsizing mm-hmm. and keeping everything nice and tidy, Um, that's the start point going to Mm -hmm. the Gmail account and having everything stored in that one place in that way.
2: Um, It is definitely for business as well but for me I'm linking it back to my experience personally Yep. and just making sure you know you run your personal life like your business actually all those same rules apply. You've got to have one central spot start with that and then you can build out the solutions from there
1: yep Um,
2: yeah then you can add on all those cool tools so you mentioned unroll me yep which basically you know how to get all those email newsletters that comes yes. to our inbox, yep. it allows you to link it up with your email address and then it will pick up on all those free email newsletters that you get and it will say, do you want to add this to your roll-up? And basically, it will just send um, an email newsletter just one time per day instead of sending it um like, every single time that you receive an email newsletter.
1: That's right. You're reducing...
0: reducing are too get here.
2: Sorry, we're just recording something at the moment. I don't moment. know how to, so <laughs> There's I no t- way for me to inform you. <laughs> <laughs> now I, don't
0: know, how no. To. No, Do I you don't know
2: how to stop, stop,
1: it? How to stop it. There Hang it is. It'll be up there. Okay, so... Can oh, you pause it? it? It's, so 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 amazing. Amazing. it's all right. Yeah, but she's living with, she's living with a boyfriend. Oh, resume. <laughs>
0: Let's
1: pause. Let's go. So, yeah, Laurel, Um, I did just... um what do I call it, Um, take on the Unroll Me um, app, Mm. um, download it or whatever the technical term is. (laughs) And it's fantastic because basically it means that I'm sitting at my desk doing my work and I'm not getting those email interruptions Mm. all the time. And um, when I look through my inbox, I you know I don't see all that stuff. I can go and have a look at it later. It's fantastic. It is a nice, simple mm-hmm. tool. And Laurel is just a whiz at offering these apps that are all free. So um, these sort of things just simplify mm-hmm. your life and they don't even cost anything. It's fantastic.
2: Absolutely, and that's a great example of downsizing. It I mean, is. You can look at downsizing in physical terms, or you can look at it in, in digital terms as well. Absolutely, just working with what you need because we just get overwhelmed with so much digital stuff coming into our lives, and you got to manage both of those things simultaneously.
1: Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, another one that I love is the um, the shoebox and or the receipt bank sort of thing. Would you like to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about those? And Then we can get more yeah. onto your philosophies.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> um, Yeah, so Shoeboxed is really awesome. And there are apps for this as well. So you don't have to necessarily go with Shoeboxed. But basically they send you these envelopes that come to your house. And they're kind of like those thick, um, like water-resistant envelopes. So they're not just, just paper envelopes. And you can stick anything in there, okay? not anything. Um, you can stick receipts, you can put business cards inside, or you can put A4, A5, even A3 documents inside, whatever size, it could be postcards, anything. Anything that you want digitized. And you send it off, and um, it's only available in Australia and in the US. Um, you basically post it off, and um, they scan it in for you, so they'll do double-sided, full-color scanning. It's not super high resolution, but it's definitely like legible, you can read it if you have documents. Um, And what they do is they categorize it for you. So if it's a document, it goes under documents. If it's a receipt, it goes under receipts. If it's a business card, it goes under business cards. So when you log into the online platform that they have, you can choose to view it by the envelope that you send it in by or by the type of document that you send in. So I know for me in my business, I don't want to be entering business card information in when I go to networking events and stuff. So it's awesome to be able to log in. You can open up every single one of the business cards you've ever sent in.
1: Mm -hmm. So you can
2: do an envelope a week for 10 weeks. You can go and view it all, and they've already manually entered in all the names, the addresses, the phone numbers, all that information. And all you have to do is kind of spot check it to make sure that it's correct, and then download Mm -hmm. all the data as a spreadsheet. So you've just saved yourself tons of time. Yeah. You can then import it into your email system, into your email marketing system, or into your customer relationship management
1: database. Well, you've saved yourself time, and you've also saved, saved yourself a lot of space, haven't you? Because, um, you know, that paper does take up a lot of space, and um, and you no longer need it. Is that right? Yeah, it just they, they shred it. They take it and shred it, and we never yep. see it again, and we've just got the record of it.
2: Exactly. Um, so you always are going to have a PDF file of all that stuff, and it's online, and you're never going to look at it again. Yeah. And I guess that's sort of the, uh, you know, we're talking about... <gasps> It's a very sexy car. <laughs> I didn't see the man who was driving.
1: Not so sexy.
2: Not so sexy. No, okay. Well, um, that kind of bring, brings us to the higher philosophy. It's like, it's like almost like Tim was saying the other day in that talk, right? It's about weaning yourself off bit by bit and letting go of things little by little. So imagine you just implement just getting rid of your receipts and mm. you just give a, give control of your receipts for your tax purposes. So it could be personal or for your business if you own a business just getting that out of the way and you don't see that ever again you just keep it in your in your purse you put all your receipts in and send it off that's like letting go of one little thing and once that need is taken care of um, it's like a lot of other needs it just tends to fall to the wayside and you realize oh I don't have to keep my hands on that I don't have to necessarily be getting all that prepared for my bookkeeping that's time that I've saved
1: it's also a relief isn't it because I know that for myself I'm never quite sure where to put all of those receipts. You know, I I do have a folder, um, but it looks untidy. And I must admit, every time I look at it, it's like, ooh, I don't quite know what's really in there. I know there are a whole lot of receipts, but I'm not quite sure what the accountant's going to say about them. So Mm. somehow, kind of doing this sort of process where it's digitized, um, we're not looking it's not a visual reminder, and we're not carrying these things around with us. So um, that's a really lovely um, part of it as well. Mm.
2: Absolutely. And it's practice. Mm. That's sort of the overarching theme here. Yep. Um, you're not going to be good at downsizing and get rid of, getting rid of stuff by doing it once yep. and having that experience once. Yep. It's iterations. It's practice. The more you let go, the more free you feel, the more it empowers you and gives you the ability to do the things you actually want to do and mm. fill your life with things that really bring you joy, hmm. and the more you want to get rid of more stuff. So it's just like kind of like a spiral. Once you get going, you can't stop. So start with those easy things, right? Like yeah. why not start with just receipts? Yeah. Like that's a, t- that's, actually, that's a tough one. Maybe you don't start with receipts. Maybe you start with business cards. Yeah. Something that's not really going to worry you either way if you get it or not. Yeah. 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 start. What's another thing you could start with in the physical space?
1: Um, um, I think record storage is probably a good one to get mm-hmm. rid of. You know, I mean, really um, assessing whether you need to be carrying, you know, or holding on to all of the stuff that you have. I mean, sometimes it's just you haven't got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think having the comfort for people to feel that they can store stuff not physically but have it somewhere else and just be liberated by it as you said I mean it's a fantastic feeling I mean Laurel and I worked together on a job where um, we did a home office uh, for a client a client needed me to come and design their space for their family and they needed quite a it was quite a decent sized room and at the time I first went in it looked as though they needed quite a lot of storage and of course that's going to cost a reasonable amount of money um, and at the time you know the client was very you know, progressive, and she was talking about digitizing. At that point, I decided it would be great to get Laurel in, um, and it was amazing. I think they only really needed about half as much physical storage once Laurel had been through their records, and they still could have done more as time went by, and they will. But, you know, not only did it liberate them emotionally from having all the stuff around them, um, physically it saved them a lot of money, and Mm. it means that their space can feel more beautiful because mm. they have an option rather than having four bookcases they might have one or two bookcases in fact I don't think they had any from memory now but you know it leaves it and if it's in your home that's some um, free space for art or beautiful memories of other things so mm. um yeah getting digitizing I think is a great thing to do
2: mm. absolutely and the funny thing with that client you weren't actually there for a lot of the digitizing no part. I wasn't but what happened was I don't know if I should be saying this but <laughs> they ended up buying this awesome scanner, which uh-huh. basically could do everything, and they were all excited about how they were going to use it. Uh-huh. Um, they both they both were doing the training and everything together and so excited, and they ended up using it, like, once and uh-huh. just getting rid of a lot of the paper. And by the time we started going through stuff, they realized, oh, this is like an instruction manual from when we lived in that apartment in Mosman, remember? Yeah. Uh, we don't have that stove
1: anymore. Yep. It's still in
2: that apartment. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of turned it into, like, just a complete clearing Yeah. We hold on to stuff.
1: Yeah. It's a revelation. We don't know why. Yeah. Well, I think mm. sometimes we hold on to it because we just don't, we don't think about an alternative. Mm. We're not sure if we're going to need it. We sort of think, oh, just in case. And the fact is now you can nearly always get manuals online anyway. You know, mm. I mean, we hold on to whatever it is, you know, guarantees and warranties and things like that. And I'm sure that we can just digitize those as well. And most of us have warranties sitting in our, you know, cupboards that are 20 mm. years old and yeah. the, the equipment's gone, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's a long time yeah. gone. So yeah, I mean they did end up digitizing
2: some of the stuff. I don't want to discount that. I think we sent off. I think we even used shoebox to send off like a stack because um, they will accept big boxes of stuff for backlogs. Yep. Um, a lot of times it's for people in trouble with ATO that uh, will do that. But yep. you know they'll also do big backlogs of stuff for you. But at the end of the day, I think they ended up chucking most of it. Yeah. They just had, hadn't had a reason to look through it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess that's another really good point is how do you find ways to give yourself a reason hmm. to go through things on an ongoing basis? Hmm. Because most of us, we're fairly permanent in our lives. Yeah. So unless there's some big impetus to that's clear right. things out like you know, you're know you moving yeah. or you're going to take a big trip and you want to rent your house out yeah. or you're going through a separation Whatever the the issue is, Mm. there's millions of examples. Mm. How do you give yourself an ongoing impetus?
1: Well, on that note, you were talking about how, you know, you can up and leave at, is it a half an hour or an hour's notice? I think it
2: probably would take 45 minutes. Let's go in the middle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I I think that that's a brilliant way to live your life. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that many people would dream of that because everybody thinks about, you know, a move being such an onerous, you know, undertaking so um, what have you done um, I mean apart from what we've mentioned what else have you done to enable yourself to be so free um, of you know your belongings possessions and all the stuff that weighs us down
2: Hmm. I guess a big part of my lifestyle at the moment is that I don't own an apartment and I don't have a lease on an apartment. So that's something to take into consideration for me. So I'm actually renting a room in an apartment where a lot of the furniture and all of that is, is owned by somebody else, and that's a big reason why I can be so mobile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um thinking of some other things. Hmm. I think part of it is just your philosophy, isn't it, that yeah. you, you choose not to own things to some extent. Mm. Um, I, you know, yeah. not, not everybody necessarily wants to embody that, but there are plenty of people that do, and um, it certainly mm. has its benefits, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, actually, now that I'm really thinking about it, that was tough. I remember that feeling of, like, um, because before I moved here, I had all my own stuff in Singapore, and, like, it all was my own thing. I owned everything, had a cat, had everything. Um, And then coming here, I just had to get really comfortable with the idea that it wouldn't be my stuff. And I thought at first that that was going to be really hard. I thought, but it's not mine, it's not my pots and pans, it's not my couch, it's not my TV. Mm -hmm. Am I still going to get the same level of enjoyment out of it? Mm -hmm. Am I still going to feel comfortable? Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that was a big learning for me too, moving into the apartment that I'm in now. Was actually, we adapt really fast as human beings. Yep. And it didn't take me long. It took me maybe a week, and I was like, yep, feeling great. Of course you're respectful of things because it's not yours, but you still feel ownership over things
1: even yep. though you didn't
2: buy them and you're not going to keep them.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that a lot of that is about expectations as well. Mm. If you build your expectations about, I am successful because I have this, or mm. my life revolves around what it looks like to other people, then yeah, you're going to be tied to those things. But um, if it's more about, well, I my life is who I am and what I'm doing, and that is not about those things and I don't need those things to um, make my life work, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that so much of that, I actually kind of liken it to me as a tea drinker, a bit of a strange <laughs> analogy, but I was raised with a mother who was very strict about how we have tea and it always has to be in a china cup and it's a certain mm-hmm. temperature and it's always hot and it's always leaves and all this thing. That was quite a burden. I do love my tea, but I got to the stage where... I, you know I didn't want to have a cup of tea if someone made it for me because I knew I wouldn't like it it's like no 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 I'll just it's easier to say no I won't have it then I started to think you know what I'm just going to look at it as a different drink it's not the same drink as my tea out of a china cup in a beautiful teapot but it's another drink and I found I could drink it perfectly well and enjoy it perfect it's not it's not the same but it's different and it's you know it's the same sort of thing if we attach more importance to things than they're really worthy of having whether it's your home or whether it's feeling secure because you've got all of your paperwork locked Mm. in behind you or your possessions or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I think that um, maybe changing why you feel that way is a great thing.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: I'm thinking about that. And, yeah, it's practice. Yeah. So
1: it's not going to feel comfortable the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that – do you reckon it's good to go cold turkey or do you reckon Mm. bit by bit? I mean, you did say start with receipt bank, but Mm. really and honestly, what do you reckon?
2: um i i think you should go bit by bit yep yeah i think it's it's human nature to feel like yeah it's going to be really overwhelming to just Mm -hmm. go completely cold turkey psychologically Mm -hmm. because we do we we attach emotions to things Mm -hmm. and our environment and um it will spiral it'll get easier start small and then be able to, to work your way up
1: yep okay okay have you got any other downsizing tips, or any any sort of apps or anything like that that you think could be great for uh, the average person who has accumulated, you know, whatever they've accumulated through a life? They may be going through retirement, or they may be downsizing through divorce, or whatever for whatever reason, um, and they may have a whole lot of um, administrative clutter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Any tips for you know simple sort of ways to reduce that that would apply mm-hmm. to the average person?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it, I think it goes back again to your central crux, right? So have one place to log into things. Use one email address that you can link things back to, um, and then keep a log. So there's a really great software called LastPass. Yep. And it's it's just amazing. I was really skeptical about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not going to work well. It's going to. I've I had really bad experiences with password saving programs. <laughs> um, but this system works great. So you actually install it in your browser. And every time you go to log into a website, um, you can save it within the browser and it will save that password. And if you log into that browser on another computer using LastPass and your same account, it will automatically save those passwords. Um, So it works really, really, really well, especially if you've got a Gmail account and you're just logging in using that same exact account. Everywhere, um, and start to raise awareness around what you're doing. And I think that's a lot of what we're talking about here. Is we, we have a lot of stuff. Are we actually aware of how much we've got administratively, digitally? Um, so start to monitor and watch how many accounts are you logging into. What can you call? Once you start to get that data, then you'll have a clearer picture of what you're dealing with. Um, so do it over six months, or do it over a year. You're gonna find oh. I forgot I had that insurance account, I forgot I had that um, that brokerage account or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and then you'll start to be able to go back and create the really simple spreadsheets of, okay, here's what I have in terms of insurance for life insurance, for income protection insurance, for whatever kind of insurance, travel insurance. Um, here are the many accounts that I've got. Here are the credit cards I have. Um, and you start to get it all sort of
1: consolidate it. So you're seeing LastPass as the, the way to manage that, the way um, to consolidate all of that in that way, or It will or raise the awareness prompt, of what you're logging into, and yeah. then you
2: can go back and look at it. Yeah. And I always suggest using a cloud-based yeah. system, so if, you're, if you are using Gmail, you can use Google Docs. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's another one called Smartsheets that you can get that's free um, to start making um, spreadsheets. And save them. Otherwise, just get a, get a Microsoft Office Excel spreadsheet and save it in Dropbox. <coughs> Using that same email address, create a Dropbox account and start saving all your important documents in there.
1: Yeah it's it's a great a great advice i've you know also recently taken up LastPass, and um it's a fantastic relief because you don't have to worry about what that password's going to be and it's mm. nice and secure and yes it does sort of stack everything in there and you can see what you've got and um i, I can't say i'm an aficionado of it at this point but i can see how comfortable that's going mm. to be um it is a lovely i used to panic every time an account would come up of password it's like oh no which ones are going to be so that's mm. fantastic okay any other tips
0: Hi. Hi. sorry
1: we're just recording something no that's okay i think that, that um
2: who's just inside um no, no no that's okay jillian's just inside
0: which way is the
2: one Do um, I if you go through that mm, not the toilet but that um no this one right here it's like got the screen on it but it's really hard yep. to. Oops.
1: okay and laurel what about um photo storage lots of people have collected you know plenty of photos over the years what are your recommendations on that
2: um, well, there are definitely two two kinds of photos. Which <laughs> one is the digital um, photography, and then one is your print photography and negatives that you might have. Um, I guess it's it's really important that we keep backups of all the digital stuff. So, um, Dropbox of course you can get about a hundred ter- uh, no, hundred gigabytes or a terabyte of storage in Dropbox for about a hundred dollars a year. So you definitely can store. A lot of photos online if you have really high resolution stuff but I also recommend just keep a hard disk with all of that backed up and then once a year back up that whole hard disk on another hard disk and you will just put it in a safe or something so I'm not I'm not really a proponent of going 100% digital especially when it's memories and stuff like that mm-hmm. I'm sure other people would have different solutions that's not yep, that's not like the be-all end-all solution um, but yeah replicate it back it up as many places as you can so if you can keep it in the cloud and also keep it on some hard storage, hard mm-hmm. disk storage. Please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Flickr, which is the number one photo sharing site, allows you to store high-resolution images. So the maximum, even if you have six to seven, six to ten megabyte images, which are quite large, you can store the raw images on Flickr for free. Unlimited. unlimited. It used to be it's quite expensive, a couple hundred dollars a year to do it. Uh-huh. So now it's free. Um, in terms of print. Photography and then all those old negatives like I'm going through at the moment all of my Ancestry for my family and it's all back in the US and I'm kind of going back and forth like do I get it shipped over here? Or do I get it just digitized in the States? Um, Because there are a lot of companies in the US that will take negatives and take all of your old images And it's quite cheap to get somebody else to just do the high-resolution image, and it's good quality So actually make it digital um, Australia has not really caught up to that yet, especially with the cost of labor here. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive to get that done. Mm. Um, so that might not be like an affordable option for most people to send things off. Yep. Um, but my recommendation is to get as much digitized as you can. Um, so get a. I think you can even rent negative scanners. Wow. Or get a nice flatbed photo scanner and work on projects. Piecemeal. So set a goal for a specific project because it's going to take a long time yep. and it's going to be pretty labor intensive. Mm. Okay. Um, definitely, if you're going to invest in storage or anything like that, invest in that for photos because that's like the number one thing.
1: Mm, that's great too. At the end of too. the day,
2: um, you know, you can have a lot of stuff. You can have beautiful furniture. You can have like the best cooking stuff. But at the end of the day your family memories are sort of like the one exception to all of that downsizing rule I think
1: irreplaceable yeah totally Mm.
2: um so if you're going to invest in storage or either in your home or outside of your home that's the number one place I'd say Mm. all right go to town do it
1: (laughs) okay that's really good to know all right any closing Mm. tips Laurel um
2: (coughs) I think just to wrap it up it's like be kind to yourself because it's not easy Like, I can step back and talk about this with ease and comfort, because I've been doing it for 10 years, basically. And you get comfortable with the idea that the stuff that's in your life is not permanent. But that's not our natural reaction as human beings. We love stability, and actually healthy children are raised around stability, right? Yeah. Um, So it's not surprising that we become very emotionally attached. And we... We link our own stories with the things that are in our lives. Mm. So if you are really looking at downsizing, um, it's about slowly doing that and slowly creating stories that are malleable and Mm. adhere to other parts of your life. So it could be that you write it down. It could be that you take digital photos. It could be some other creative way, some art that you might do um, to relink your mind to those stories that you have Mm. rather than attaching them to the stuff that you've got around you. Mm.
1: Thank you very much, Laurel. That
0: was fantastic. You're welcome. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Sally. That was a fantastic interview with valuable information and expert tips about how to sort out your paperwork and digital world. Fantastic. Fantastic. We, our goal is to bring you even more of those interviews and we are always on the hunt for um, interesting people to talk to. So stay tuned to this podcast. Now we're coming to the end of this episode and I would like to talk quickly about the Downsize with Style website, which is www.downsizewithstyle.com, where you will find heaps of um, valuable information to help you make your downsizing journey as hassle-free as possible. You will find um, information about my book, Downsize with Style. You can purchase your copy there 24-7 and I will post it to you. You can um, download a free uh, chapter of the book on this website as well. Then you will find um, a special page with all the toolbox resources that are mentioned in the book. So if you register, you can download them for free and create your um, project folder to stay organized. Then you will find all um, information about this fabulous podcast. Um you where you can subscribe to it how you can subscribe to it and the last episodes will be listed on the website as well and finally there is some information about uh, my workshop downsizing 101 which is a three-hour interactive learning session where you will get expert advice on um, storage decluttering space planning and everything you need to get started with your downsizing journey We just had our first workshop last week. It was fantastic, a great group of um, like-minded women and all were very keen to get started and help each other with their questions and challenges. So that was a fantastic experience. Um, There will be more workshops coming up, so please check out the website downsizewithstyle.com to find more. And also if you are interested in an individual um, consulting session um, basically a mini workshop for you, for only you, yourself, um, please contact me. Um, that is also possible. We can take a couple of hours, and um, I'm offering this in partnership with Bow Concept. They uh, kindly offered me to use their showroom, so it's a fantastic space where we not only have a great um, – a large space to work in, but also the the chance to look at some of their uh, versatile and stylish furniture, which um, could be the one piece you need to complement your new home so this is an individual session and it 's very flexible with the timing. I can use their showroom any day with short notice, so let me know if you are interested in that. Give me a call on o four two four six one five five zero three or email me at bettina, B-E-T-T-I-N-A, at bdcolordesign.net.au. I can't wait to hear from you. And please stay tuned to this podcast. We will speak in a week. Thank you and have a great week. Bye.